Hello, this is Supriti from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 14th of June. India reported 70,421 new coronavirus cases, taking its overall tally to nearly 3 crores. The death toll rose by 3,921, which takes the total count to over 3,74,000. According to Scroll, this is the lowest single-day rise in cases since April 1st, when the country logged 72,330 cases. The real case figures, however, are reported to be much higher. In terms of tests conducted, ICMR reported that 14 lakhs 92,000 samples were tested in the last 24 hours, while 18 lakhs 73,000 samples were tested at the same time last week. Globally. COVID-19 has infected over 175.8 million people and killed more than 3.79 million. The Indian Express reported today that the COVID-19 death toll in every state except four has at least doubled in the last 6 weeks. In some states, the toll has even increased by close to 4 times. Nearly 2.1 lakh COVID-19 deaths have been recorded in the country since April 1st. and more than 55% of them have been reported by five states which are Maharashtra, Karnataka, Tamil Nadu, Delhi and Uttar Pradesh in each of these five states close to 60% of the total toll was recorded in these last 6 weeks this number is the highest in bihar where 83% of the state's death toll has been reported after april 1st but this is mainly because of the nearly 4000 deaths added by the state government 2 days ago in a data cleaning exercise in states like uttarakhand assam goa and jharkhand more than 70% of the total deaths have taken place in the last 6 weeks this means that the death toll in these states more than tripled during this time the all india institute of medical sciences hospital in delhi will start the recruitment and clinical trial of the covaxin shot for children in the 6 to 12 age group from tuesday The recruitment and clinical trial for single dose covaxin for the 12 to 18 age group has ended. Yesterday, India signed off on a joint statement by G7 and guest countries on open societies that reaffirm and encourage the values of freedom of expression, both online and offline, as a freedom that safeguards democracy and helps people live free from fear and oppression. The Open Society statement was adopted at the end of an outreach session titled Building Back Together: Open Societies and Economies, where Prime Minister Narendra Modi was invited as a lead speaker. During the session that Modi attended via video conferencing, he said that democracy and freedom were a part of India's civilizational ethos. However, he added that he shared the concern expressed by several leaders that open societies are particularly vulnerable to disinformation and cyber attacks the open society statement also committed to strengthen open societies globally by protecting civic space and media freedom promoting freedom of expression freedom of assembly and association and freedom of religion or belief and by tackling all forms of discrimination including racism For India, these are important commitments amid global concerns over press freedom in the country. India ranks as a country that is one of the world's most dangerous countries for journalists trying to do their job properly. According to the 2021 World Press Freedom Index released by Reporters Without Borders, 
While reality checks such as these are daunting, we continue to power through and get you the stories that matter. We aspire to report on issues that usually fall under the radar of legacy media houses, especially those stories in remote areas involving marginalized communities. A case in point is our latest report by Deeksha Munjal and Tanishka Sodi, which is part of our coverage of the Maharashtra COVID crisis. The report focuses on seasonal sugarcane cutters in Maharashtra's Bead district and the economic cost that the pandemic has had on them. The report is titled, COVID has pushed seasonal sugarcane cutters in Maharashtra's Bead to the brink of poverty. If you want to support us and do your bit to keep the press in India free and independent, then head over to our website, newslaundry.com, and click on the subscribe button. An ABP Ganga journalist covering Uttar Pradesh's Pratapgarh district was found dead under mysterious circumstances on the night of June 13th, a day after he wrote to Prayagraj Additional Director General of Police, alleging that his life was in danger and requesting protection. The journalist, Sulab Srivastava, was found injured and half-naked near a brick kiln on Katra Road. He was taken to a hospital and declared dead. NDTV reported that a photograph of Srivastava's body showed injuries on his face and his clothes were partially removed. However, Surendra Devedi, additional superintendent of East Pratapgarh, said, and I quote, He fell from his motorcycle near a brick kiln and got injured. A detailed investigation of the case is underway. End quote. The officer added that labourers at the kiln lifted Srivastava from the road and called an ambulance. Srivastava had told the police on Saturday that he felt he was being followed every time he stepped out of his house ever since his report on raids on illegal liquor factories in the state was published. In his letter to the police, he said, and I quote, The report is being talked about and some people have said that it has upset the liquor mafia. I have heard from sources that the liquor mafia could harm me and my family. My family is very scared. End quote. A massive fire broke out at a Rohingya refugee camp in southeast Delhi's Kalindi Kunj on Saturday night, destroying 56 shanties. More than 300 people have been left homeless. The fire broke out at 11.55pm, but the exact cause of the fire is yet to be ascertained. Speaking to Indian Express, Atul Garg, Delhi Fire Services Chief, said, and I quote, We received a call around 11.55pm about the blaze and rushed with five fire tenders. Residents were immediately evacuated and firefighting operations were initiated. There were no casualties, but the fire spread to all the shanties. It was brought under control by 3 a.m., end quote. According to the Express report, some residents alleged that a group of men had come to the camp on Saturday evening and threatened to burn the place if they didn't leave. The Delhi police said they have received a few complaints and will look into these allegations. In 2018, many refugees had lost their homes in a fire at a nearby camp in Madanpur Khadar. The families had then moved to the new camp, which was destroyed on Saturday. Assam Chief Minister Himanta Biswa Sarma has ordered the state police to conduct an expeditious investigation after two minor girls were found hanging from a tree, dead, on Friday in Kokrajar district. While the family of the girls, who were aged 14 and 16, has alleged that they were murdered, the police are prima facie probing a case of suicide. However, they have detained five people for questioning. In the opposite end of the state, in Tinsukya district, 
a 28-year-old man was beaten to death on suspicion that he was a cow thief. The police have arrested 12 people in connection with the incident. The incident took place in Tinsukia's Korjonga Borpathar village. The residents of the village told PTI that the man, identified as Sarath Moran and his associate, was seen at a cow shed in a house at around 1:30 a.m. on Saturday. After a public trial by a kangaroo court, the mob stripped Moran and beat him up, while his associate managed to escape. The police took him to Dumduma Civil Hospital, where he was declared dead on arrival by the doctors there. Tinsukia Superintendent of Police Debojit Dirai told NDTV that it was unclear if Moran was involved in cattle theft. In a case of police brutality, eight policemen in Karnataka's Kodagu district have been accused of beating a 50-year-old mentally challenged man to death for violating lockdown norms. Indian Express reported today. All eight have been suspended. The victim has been identified as Roy D'Souza. Karnataka Southern Range Inspector General of Police Praveen Madhukar Pawar said, and I quote: "The decision to suspend eight policemen was taken based on a preliminary report. This will help ensure a fair and impartial investigation into the matter." End quote. The victim's brother filed a complaint with the police in the matter. The complaint said, and I quote. After the assault in the police station, D'Souza had collapsed to the ground, following which his mother was called and informed to take her son away. The family then decided to admit D'Souza to a nearby private hospital for treatment, where he breathed his last on June twelfth. End quote. A police officer told Indian Express that it was D'Souza who was the aggressor in the incident. He said, and I quote: D'Souza was stopped by the cops on duty for violating lockdown norms. He then attacked a constable with a sharp object, injuring his hand. The officer is now under treatment after receiving three stitches. D'Souza had also barged into the police station, threatening to attack the others on duty. End quote. The case has now been transferred to the Karnataka Crime Investigation Department. Benjamin Netanyahu has lost his 12-year hold on power in Israel after its parliament voted in a new coalition government. Right-wing nationalist Naftali Bennett was sworn in as prime minister on Sunday. Bennett will lead an unprecedented coalition of parties, which was approved with a majority of 60 to 59. Bennett will be the prime minister until September 2023 as part of a power-sharing deal. Netanyahu, who is Israel's longest-serving leader and has dominated its political landscape for years, will remain head of the right-wing Likud party and become leader of the opposition. According to the BBC, the new government is Israel's broadest ever, which could potentially also make it the most unstable. The coalition spans the far left to the far right and includes, for the first time, a small Islamist faction representing Israel's Arab minority. It is expected to focus mostly on economic and social issues rather than risk exposing internal rifts. by trying to address major diplomatic issues such as the Israeli-Palestinian conflict that's all the news we have for you today stay safe and hold on during these trying times see you tomorrow all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.